in the job search especially, we're like robbed of agency, it feels like, if we just follow what we're supposed to do. Welcome back to the Career Therapy Podcast. My name is Martin McGovern, your host, and today we have a very special guest, the author of 50 Ways to Get a Job, Dev Ajla. Thank you so much, Dev, for joining us today. Happy Friday to you. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, I want to just quickly read something from your LinkedIn because, you know, that's what we are here, LinkedIn, uh, you know, nerds. But uh, <laughs> on your LinkedIn, you say, I have had a non-linear career. That is the first sentence in your about. And <laughs> I love it. And I've been looking through your history and I'm just like, wow, there's a lot of really cool stuff going on here. So I'll ask you the most, you know, infamous interview question and just ask you to tell us uh-huh. about yourself. Sure. Um, so nice to meet you. I come from Canada. I am fifth generation Canadian and come from a long line of people that have done everything from work in wood mills and as lumber, like in the lumber trade to farmers to uh, grocery store workers, convenience store to nurses lawyers, uh, art assistant, and then I have entered the world of book writing. So it's like, those are all the, those are some of the jobs that have been, that are, that have, are in my lineage. Um, and I uh, started out uh, really involved in the nonprofit world. So I, when I was a teenager, I got involved in uh, children's rights and advocating for children's rights. Uh, part of the United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child and and really sort of advocating for that document and helping entering this kind of world of youth conferences and youth organizing and climate change organizing. And that's sort of where I spent 10 years, like my whole early 20s. I, I started a nonprofit called Dream Now um, that worked with young people that started community projects and was a real sort of grassroots organization. And eventually, uh, after doing that for... A while I realized that all these young people that I was working with, helping them to figure out how to do good in the world, and then we're looking for jobs. And there was like this moment that I was also kind of going through at the time, being like, well, well, how do I find purpose in work? And this is like 2012. So it was like, I ended up writing a book. I ended up connecting with this fellow named Billy Parrish, who started something called the Energy Action Coalition and now a solar company called Mosaic Solar Financing Firm. And we wrote a book called Making Good, all about how to make money and do good. So this is like the Tom Shoes, like Warby Parker, like what if business could just save us, you know, like that kind of optimism, yeah. which um, I don't know, I don't know if it panned out, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> but there was like a, a moment of, of that, that real like social enterprises, uh, you know, if only business was applied to, to doing good. Um, and so, and so I started uh, helping people get jobs in those companies and, and all the people that ended up running those companies were a lot of people that came from movement backgrounds. And so I ended up meeting them all at different points in time throughout my career and, uh, worked with good magazine is all in that same era of, of, uh, of cultural, a cultural moment. And, um, yeah, I, it was it was interesting, you know. Like I think my analysis now has shifted a little bit to understand like what are the underlying systems that actually 
even if you apply the business practices, what are, what's kind of the sort of neoliberal framework that's holding it in place and how can you, what's the, my theory of change personally has evolved um, to look at, and it's been shifted actually more towards the individual and looking at like, how could we as individuals make those changes in, in our own lives? How can we shift our relationship with money, our relationship with time, our relationship with work and vocation and what we spend our time on and how we live our own lives. And that's always been what's drawn me to social change work. And I've found this, I love the the moment that people are searching for jobs. I just love that because there's this like liminal stage where you could really be anything and everything that you, you structured your life is like up in the air. And we've all had this experience, especially in the last little while with coronavirus yeah. and being on pause where everything is up in there. So everybody collectively has this like same experience that a job seeker has, which is like, wait, I have no routine. Wait, my relationship to time is off. All of a sudden my relationship to money has changed. I have more of it in some ways and I have less of it in others. Like I'm not spending money in the same ways as I was. Like all of these things shift around you. And that liminal moment that a job seeker goes through is like, there's just so much potential to do something different. And, I, and so that's where I have entered into that kind of uh, 50 ways to get a job, you know, really enters into that space. You know, it's not a traditional job book. It's, it's, um, it's like how to live and how to work and how working is tied to living. Yeah. <laughs> and it, you know, it, it, it is, it's a, it has a little more philosophy in it, but it also, you know, some of the, the times that people have been like, you know what, I really didn't like the book. Like, I don't understand. This book doesn't have anything about getting jobs. I'm like, you clearly just didn't do the work. Like, I get it. Like, but also you just like, if you did these exercises, there's no way you, you realize, but they look at it. It's like, sit quietly for 45 minutes. And they're like, what the hell? I just want to know what should I put on my resume? And, but like the, the idea and the beauty of 50 ways to get a job is that those things are all connected and they are actually directed. You know, there's a time and place to do these individual tasks and the practicalities are there also. And yeah, um, yeah, it just meets people at that moment. I love meeting people at that moment of, of what's next. And, you know, you can, you can, you can experience a different way of living <laughs> if you only know, you know. I know. I, I, and that's one, I have two books that sit next to me when I do my live streams every morning. I, I have this and I have the Daily Stoic. And Depending on what's going on, I'll grab one or the other. And like this morning, uh, we pulled up the book and the, and the, you know, the one that we read was this one here. And it was Field Note Dealing with Jealousy. And I just read that. I, was, I, I, did, I, just, I, I was like, you know, I should pick up the book. And like right before I got in here, I just read that <laughs> just a second ago. That's hilarious. Yeah, oh, yeah, what's that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and like the thing is, and, and what you're saying all of it, like, I, I, there's so many areas that I want to go in because you're touching on philosophy, you're touching on a lot of different things. But um, even something just as simple as dealing with jealousy, like, I, I work with mostly graduates of boot camps and schools. And so, like, mm -hmm. they're all together, right? They all, like, love mm -hmm. each other in the program. And then afterward, they're suddenly competing with each other. And then they have that weird jealousy that happens when other people start getting jobs. And it's really right. fascinating to see the emotional roller coaster that people go through. And I think you've hit on some really good points here. You're talking about COVID, you're talking about, you know, those moments of endless potential when you're like, oh no. And a big thing that happens, that has happened in every um, life after layoff episode that we've done is I say, how did you feel after the layoff? And so often what I hear is, well, I felt absolutely terrified, totally relieved. 
And it's like those two emotions together. I think it's fascinating to look at that emotional side of things and see like the job search is not sitting down and going to job boards. The job search is wrangling emotions for a three to six month period that you're going through on your own. Yeah. Yeah. The, that's why the dealing for, with jealousy is so real. And it's like, you know, especially in the era we live in today, it's like that, that sort of like phrase that like comparison is like the, the, the wrecks happiness, you know? <laughs> and it's like, it's just so, so true. Like it's, it's, and it's like about navigating that and knowing you're choosing. Like what I love about that chapter is like, it's about trying to find things in your life that you are actually choosing and give you power over. A lot of like you can have agency over your own. You've chosen to live this way. So then you don't have to feel jealous about meeting someone else because they're like, they didn't choose that. It is a different set of things. You could also choose that. You can be informed by that and be like, hey, I want to choose something like that. But you can't do that in that response moment. You have to do it like when you're grounded, feel good. And you're actively like, I'm going to think about my life. What do I want? <laughs> and then you can, you can have those like moments to choose something similar to somebody. But it's like that act of choice. It's like giving people agency back you know, I think oftentimes in the job search, especially we're like robbed of agency. It feels like if we just follow what we're supposed to do with sending, uh, you know, a LinkedIn career pay, like a career application or, you know, any, it, just even applying to something online, it's like, you're just, your agency's gone. You know, mm-hmm. I can do it. And then I'm, it's, it's just, I'm, it's, I'm waiting. And the, one of the things that I was thinking about with 50 ways to get a job when I was writing it was like, how can I put agency back into people's life at every single step of the way? And even this, even if it's a small moment, like your commute or a small moment, like changing your routine or like you, it's like you are the one changing and you are the one doing and you're seeing that happen because that's the muscle that needs to be built because if we're going to build our life, we're going to find our job. It's that's, that's, you want to have, you want to do that in a way that you have agency. Otherwise you're constantly being blown around. Yeah. And like, it, it's also like proving to yourself that you can change aspects of yourself, right? Like I remember years ago, I d- was on a different podcast and we took it around the country and we met this longboarder and I learned how to skateboard. And I was like, oh my God, I can actually learn something <laughs> new. Like, that's crazy. And, and it is those moments, like it could be making yourself a, a different kind of breakfast, but it just shows that you have control over these little things. And you know, I was talking with someone the other day, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this. Um, he got the piece of advice where, you know, someone said, oh, you're not getting jobs. You should put emojis in your headline, right? Mm-hmm. And there's just every endless bit of advice that exists on the, on the internet, yeah. right? And I love going to your, uh, your page or even some of your websites because, like, they're so minimalist. Like everything that you have up is so clean. And like even the good company, I remember in Chicago walking down the street, just seeing the giant good on the, on the <laughs> billboard, you know? And like, what is that? Right. And these like really, there's almost like a light touch that has a big impact that you're able to bring to things. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on, you know, when, when people are getting bombarded with more, 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 do TikTok, do this, do that. Right. You know, where does your head go and what, what would you say to them? Uh, well, there's always going to be somebody that's teaching you how to game the system and like how to get noticed and every other trick in the book to like, but it's not, it's like, it's like a dead end. You can always be chasing that and it takes a lot of effort to always be chasing that. But there's something different when you know where you're going 
and you're getting really clear on doing the a lot of the like reflection type exercises at the very beginning and then you're like i don't need to do emojis to try to attract attention or have my resume notice i need to be really clear on what the company is that's the perfect fit for what i want to do and then i just need to really be doing the work that gets me that job and like be actually actively doing not even doing the work to apply but like you're actually doing the work in your research in who you're talking to in the mentors that you're bringing into your life into the events you're going to or into the readings that you're doing like you are effectively like if i was running that company this is what i would be doing in order to move that mission forward and so you start moving in the same direction and that speaks louder than than a trick you know because it takes work i just i really believe like the only way to to stand out now is to actually be doing the actual work yourself like do it takes like most people don't want to do the work they spend all this time uh like figuring out all the tricks and then you could have just like you could have just spent the time like learning about the whatever climate change thing you want to work on and reaching out to people you know you, like in architecture there's this 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 principle of like if you're gonna if you want a wall to look thick like build a thick wall you know <laughs> and it's really true because you don't have to like there's something different but there's a different feeling you get from a wall that is like a meter thick mm -hmm. than one that is like just like stone facade you just feel different and it looks the same you could literally look this but it feels different and i just think we are so good at feeling what someone is giving out nowadays because we're trained to judge people really quickly we're scrolling really quick we're understanding we're reading people really whatever so we're we can tell when somebody's like there's a deep well of knowledge or research or patience or thought behind the action they're taking and like i i always i strive to do that with my work you know i i think about that reference all the time like with 50 ways to get a job it's i actually like when i went to sit down and write the book i was like okay let me take all the website put it in a word document like how much do i have here you know <laughs> but let's just start there and it was like 12 pages so you're like, <laughs> 12 pages of content is on that website. And, but it's not like anybody can go write 12 pages of content. You could probably like, you know, you write it in three days. Or, yeah. But it was three years of work. It was six employees. It was a half a million dollar grant from like the Ontario Trillium Foundation. And it was a research process that involved us reading like over a hundred books from the 1970s forward that were career books. and doing partnerships with groups from net impact to career counselors to e-courses to job search people like just all kinds of work and resource and all of that work got distilled into this site which is like well here's the stuff that really makes a difference to you right now and let's take out all the we don't need to sell it so i don't need to be selling anything here so let's just me just tell you like let me forget the example let me forget the story let me forget the let me just tell you what to do and you know, go for it. You know, it takes a lot of work, but go for it. And it went to 12 pages. And so like, yes, anybody can create 12 pages, but like there was three years of work that went into what those 12 pages were. And somehow I believe people feel it. They feel that, that there's something different. It's not quite just a, it's not just a like reposting of everything else you read. There's like, it's a unique voice. It's a different thing. It's like, oh, wow, that's something, you know? And even yeah. if that's enough, they feel it. And, and that's, that's, 
the only way you can do that is with putting in actual work. <laughs> I, I believe, you know. I think that's absolutely true, right? I think, um, and, and it reminds me of that quote. It's like, I would have written a shorter letter, but I didn't have the time. It's like being able to distill something down to 12 pages is a monumental effort like to be able to actually do it and do it with the information that's necessary so I, I mean I love that you told that background because it really just goes to show that like this stuff isn't just being made up like you're out there you're testing it you're you're putting it through the yeah. ringer in order to make sure that it it works and when you say do the work and you say you know trying to give people back that autonomy what stands out to me is like when someone loses a job, let's say, or when they quit or when they try and make a career change, it's so hard for them to own the title of whatever it is that they want to do next. Um, and mm -hmm. a lot of times, like especially after layoff, you, you lose a lot of things. You lose your financial security. You lose your um, reputation because it was the company's reputation. And you also lose your like sense of identity in a way because a lot of people just identify as like a marketer or whatever it might be. Yeah. And then you get given this title of job seeker, which has like right. no identity attached to it, no like problem solving attached to it. It's just this kind of like, like identity, right? And like, right. and, and one you're of like, the you're not where you want to be. Nobody <laughs> wants to be a job right. seeker. <laughs> and so I keep trying to get people to be like, hire yourself, you know, like give yourself that job. Like what would you do if you were in that job on a daily basis? And so I really, you know, getting back from that, like they're up here, I'm down here mm. mindset to like a peer to peer mindset. And that's right. when you, when you said that earlier, that's really what it reminded me of. It's like walk with the company and then collaborate. Right. And like the easiest way for people to understand what to do or how to like understand what to, what, what that means for that I found is like answer a question. Like, what question do you have that is worth an hour of your time? What question do you have that is worth a day of your time? Even if it doesn't need to be your life mission, like you think, but like, just have a question and then go pursue the answer. So we can, you know, we think about, okay, we go to Google. Well, okay, that's number one. Now, what would you do? What, what next would you do? What would you do if you have to talk to somebody to answer that question? So who would you talk to? Now, like, how can you answer that question in a way that is even better than what you're reading on Google? And who would you reach out to? What would you say in that email? How do you get on the phone? What would that 15 minute chat be in order to answer that question? If you have the resources, what would it be to pay an expert on like a GLG to like do it? What would it mean? What would you do if you were an investor you're looking to answer that question? What would you do if you were a material scientist trying to answer that question? But let me talk to a material scientist and see. And like you start going down this path where you're answering this question. And that's the work because and that's what like 50 ways to get a job is all about is like getting people down these paths, these questions. You don't know which question sticks around. This is the one thing you don't need to sit there at home and be like, I need the right question. I'm going to dedicate my life. I'm going to figure out my next job and my identity. I need the question. Like, what is my question? Like, I'm just going to wait. And you don't need that one. That's like that. Forget it. Like that's for the Ted talk later when you're looking backwards. Like <laughs> right now it's like just any question you know, and that's enough to get going. And every time you start going, there's going to be other things that pop in your head. And the one that sticks around for like, goes from an hour to a day to a week to two weeks to, oh my God, there's a whole world of people that are invent their own languages. And what is, what is that like? You know, all of a sudden you're in a whole world of other linguists and these, and you found a conference of these people and like, 
you're like, what is going on? This is, and these people have jobs and they work at companies in the archive doing this. You're like, what, how did that, how did that, how did I know that? You would never find it, but that ends up being a career. So you start finding and meeting people along that way, along the process of answering your question that will end up being the people that hire you or that you like just become friends with and then you start working with or collaborating with or partnering with or that will tell you about a company you never knew to look for because we only know to look for like the Googles and Apples and Facebooks and whatever else. And you don't think about the other company that it's no one else is looking for because it was only related to your question. It was the only way you found it. And that's the, that's the kind of directive like agency or work that I'm talking about when, when I'm talking about like do the work, you know, it's like, yeah. that's the work. And it's so true. Cause it's, where everyone gets stuck is that FANG mindset. They get stuck in that online application mindset. And like, you know, I was talking yeah. to someone the other day and they said, this system is broken. This, this hiring system, this job search system is broken. And I was like, I mean, I guess in a way, if you want to look at it that way, it's a pretty down way to look at it. But, and, and his question to me was, how come no one's trying to fix it? And I go, right everyone's trying to fix it. Everyone is trying to build companies. Like every single person that you see out there doing work is trying to fix things. And that's the whole point. It's like, what problems do you want to fix? What are the things right. going on in the world that are worth spending this many hours of your life trying to fix? Um, right. And, and like, I just think bringing that right back to like spending, what's a problem that is worth fixing for or thinking about for a day? You know, like bring it right back because like it, a good question will, will have its own momentum and it will take you to the next day and it'll take you to the next week and it'll take you to the next conference or whatever else event you're going to. So like that question will generate and people have to trust that, you know, sometimes I think people wait for like the big problem. Otherwise I'm just want to be a startup. We're doing a random thing like, or whatever. It's like, you got to just, just go, just start moving, you know? And and like the, it adjusts and changes all the way, you know, like I, I work in venture um, and the, uh, all the startups at the, at that early stage, it's like, it doesn't, you have a basic idea of the market you want to play in. You have a basic idea of like a general thesis you're going for, and then you just got to start moving and then you're learning and changing. And it never looks like what it did at the beginning, right. you know, three years down the road, but there's no way you get three years down the road without starting from the trajectory you're going on. And it's the same with our lives. It's the exact same, especially with our careers that we're in day to day. We just, we're like, so in the work of day to day living that we don't have a chance to like zoom out and be like, Oh, we have a direction, you know? And so like you, the direction emerges from like what you do every day. Yeah. And so looking back, I'd love to just get a little bit more insight into your background. Like what were some of those I mean, obviously you've had a lot of questions you've chased in your career and in your life, but what were some of those early ones that really stand out to you that, you know, brought you to a place that you never even had on your radar? Um, one of the ones that I've loved that's like still sticks with me is like, how do you scale trust? So I love the idea of like, so where it led me is I, I well, I started by just like reading a lot, a lot of like these like power of trust and like network books and network centricity and how people build relationships and all that kind of stuff. And, and then it was like, there's something around, I was thinking about it in terms of alumni networks. And so this is how it ended up taking me into this whole world is like building alumni networks, building communities, 
Um, and we used to, we, with the nonprofit, this was like early days when I was running Dream Now, we ended up building alumni networks for social change groups. And so I was like, well, how do you like take this event that has like you trust in person, but how do you do it outside? And then like, there's a certain element of celebrity gives you a certain kind of trust at a scale, you know, like a Bill Clinton or like a famous person, like they, you know them, they are, they, you remember that interaction more than they remember, but they, you know, it's just like all these, it just had led me down this path of like thinking about and building. And it led me into uh, sort of building alumni networks for these social change groups, which turned into what Dream Now did and how Dream Now <laughs> ended up funding itself for a number of years. And, uh, you know, it's like how it still holds, it's like all those questions still influence the work I do. And it definitely in recruiting, it's like <laughs> become part of, it's how you recruit is like, how do you build relationships over a long arc of someone's life? And, you know, it's, it's definitely been a thread throughout throughout all um, my life. Right now, the question I'm most excited about is thinking about time and how you change your relationship to time. So, you know, I've been reading time books. I found this like monastery in Japan where they go on this journey over three mountains, the past, present, future. And it's like, I'm just like going, go, I went to the, the, the Greenwich Mean Timeline in England <laughs> and visited the observatory and I am just like spending a lot of time thinking about like how our how we can change our relationship to time so um what that means you know in if you think about like life hacks and like efficiency stuff it's kind of equivalent to crash dieting or like it's like yeah you can you've got the exercise tip but then you like go back to your regular life. First is like change your relationship to your body and like how you feel in your body. And then you're like, oh, well, I now just feel differently in my body and I don't like exercise for a different reason. And so that's the same thing for time is like these life hacks are like ways to be more efficient with your email, like use superhuman or whatever thing that people are using and like, great. Or you can just be like, what do I need to be doing? And let me not do this much of it you know like you'd change yeah. your relationship to work period and then all of a sudden you have all the time or you like stop scheduling you know it's all these things that aren't life hacks but like philosophy based and it's anyways this is a question that i'm like i'm a, i love where you're going <laughs> well and I, think, I don't know what it's going to become <laughs> well and i think time is so fascinating like you're kind of reminding me of a moment i had like in between calls earlier today i was like if i stare at the at the second hand on the clock directly, it goes very quickly. But if I'm just looking off to the left, it goes very slowly. I don't understand what's happening here. It was a very weird moment that I had. That yeah, <laughs> I it, only it, remembering because you brought this up. But <laughs> it's really true. It's there's also one that's really fascinating is whether different cultures prioritize like end versus beginning. So I in Western culture, it's very very normal to be like. I will respect you by showing up at exactly at 4.30. And like, that's because I respect beginnings. And in a lot of indigenous cultures and a lot of Eastern cultures, it's like, I am respecting you by the fact that we are gonna stay until this conversation is complete. And like, it doesn't matter when I showed up, but I will be here for the full arc of this conversation, whether it takes the next half an hour or two hours, I'm here with you. And that is how I respect you and show respect. And so if you even just change or play with that yourself, where you're like, start, you don't have to show up late, but you're just like, let me just create lots of time on the end of a meeting, like an hour and a half on the end, and be like, now I'm gonna let this really like 
take shape and like I'll be here for 20 minutes or I'll be here for an hour but I like have the space it oftentimes it doesn't even mean that you spend an hour and a half but that hour you spend exactly is like feels so much fuller because you're not rushing to a conclude it changes it changes changes how time moves and like stuff like that these like little switches that one can make that are philosophical end up being like very material you know and when you start focusing on these things, it also forces you to prioritize things, right? You have to make decisions between this or that or the other. And I'm, I'm loving how you're laying this out because like one of the things when it comes to time and, and just to bring another analogy to the job search, like one of the things that happens with time is you'll send an email to someone and or a company will say, we'll get back to you on Friday, right? Right. For the job seeker, Wednesday to Friday is like 10 years or it's like the longest time ever for the, I always have to say like, think of the person at the job who's been tossed this thing on top of a hundred other things who, you know, is trying to wrangle a CEO and a CMO and a blah, blah, blah. And like get everyone in a room together to make a decision. Like for them, a week is like a day for you. A day is like two weeks. And that, that relativity, psychological relativity of time is fascinating. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I, I, mean, I found it fascinating too. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, and like the, the example of like why, like, so this, this pursuit of time, for example, that I've mm-hmm. had this question of time, which is like pretty abstract question, like, what is that? How could that lead to a job? You know, and then all of a sudden I've been meeting all these people, <laughs> you know, like I, like, and even nowadays, because so every single person you find that's like an expert is so available right now, they're like, on zoom they're Mm -hmm. there you can reach out to them you can send them an email they're pretty much around they aren't traveling like their talks that they're doing or whatever like 45 minutes and that's it they can go home they don't have to be like traveling all over the place so and there's all these like amazing like i ended up stumbling into this mit space exploration initiative that is looking at rituals and time and mars and like and meeting this whole group of people then like all these companies that are related to space and time like like space out there in mm-hmm. time and um it was like all these different organizations and all of a sudden you're in this conversation with them all and you can start to see how your skills apply so i'm like oh you know you're you're building this nonprofit. you're doing this like what you know we could work together this way i can help you with this and like all of a sudden you're in conversations with people with that aren't used to somebody with my skills and i can now be applying it to what they're doing and now you all of a sudden you're in a you have a contract or you have a job or you're like working and swimming around with the same people that you're thinking about, you know? So it's like, really, that's how it works. It, you just don't know when it happens, but you, it, it, it really works. I mean, that's why I stand by, that's why I really stand by the book is because I'm like, I know it works. <laughs> it just takes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's absolutely true. Cause I'm pretty sure. I'm, I mean, what, what year did you put the website up? Um, the website was in 20, like five years ago, something in 2015, 20. Yeah. And so I, I'm pretty sure like I was probably in advertising back then. And I think I actually came across Uh it in my real job search, like outside of teaching, coaching and and all that kind of stuff. I think this might've been even before all that. And so it's fascinating to like be able to see like, you know, to your point about time back then, my whole thing was like, I'm in this advertising world and people seem incredibly stressed out constantly they're just absolutely overwhelmed my big question if i'm gonna try and analyze where i was at the time is like how do you just not be this like that's where the question started it was like how do you just not be in this situation 
And it's kind right. of like, what are some other example? How could I live a different way? <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I, even before that years before I had like conversations with 10 or 15 people I worked with that I kind of respected or let's just say I respected. And like, I was like, my life will probably end up being your life if I stay in this path that I'm on. Right. And it was like the saddest series of conversations. Like it was really hard to hard. All I said was, what are you most excited about? That was the question I asked all of them. And that question, wow, that question reveals some interesting answers. People will open up like a book and yeah. very rarely is it about things they're excited about. <laughs> it's about a lot of things they're not excited about. And, uh, and so, you know, I, I really love what you're saying about finding any question to start with. My question wasn't, what job should I get next? They would have had no answers, no. right? But yeah. it, it definitely opened up my eyes to a lot of the things I don't want to do. And I find that to be fascinating too. And, and as someone who's explored so many different areas of nonprofits, like venture and everything like that, like, you know, you've seen, you've peeked behind so many curtains. Like, what are some of the things that you've noticed just across what people would typically think are completely unrelated things that don't have any impact on each other. Like what are some of the commonalities that you see across all these different, you know, wide variety of spaces that you peek into? Like one of the reasons why this question thing has been so immediate or at the forefront of my mind is like, it really shows up in a lot of different places and you can't fake it. So, you know, if you're saying like, I just want to question, I want to find a job where I get paid like a lot of money. Like, that's my question. Like, how do I find a job where I get paid a lot of money? And like, you're like, okay, like now do you have energy to answer that question? Or do you just like, that's the question. Like, okay, now what does it mean? Like, you know, that you can almost tell in someone's voice whether there's like real energy there or not. And they'll delude them like, no, well, that's my question. This is the thing. I want a job with lots of money. Well, I gave you a question, like what's up? And like, they, you get a lot of that. And you're like, well, it's, the question will either have a lot of energy or it won't. And that's up to you to know. It's not up to me. I, I don't care. It's not my thing. Right. And it's like the people that are like really, really are driven, either entrepreneurs or artists or in the fashion world or in nonprofit, it's like their work is, is like giving them the energy that their work is like feeding that question. And that means they're really learning, you know, and they're like really curious. It's like a story. It's like, if you think you're or a little, it's like a phrase or something that's like, if you think you are smarter than the toad, you're never going to learn from the toad, you know? So it's like, if you think you have nothing to learn, it's like, um, if you think you're better than something, there's no way you're ever putting yourself in a position to like able to hear the lesson. And that lesson might be about the place. It might be about the ways of living. It may be about how to coexist. There's all these lessons that are right there in as simple as like a frog or a toad, like as simple as something like that. And like you, but as soon as you place yourself in like a place where you're like, no, I know you can't hear the act of like claiming knowledge actually enables you to stop hearing and stop learning. And so like the thing that I've noticed across worlds is like, even the most the six most successful people, the people that on any metric that you are interested in, it's like, they're never like, I know how to run a company. It's, it's like, oh, it's like, there's a, like a, a reverence to the person that's in front of them that isn't about what that person did. It's about the fact that they can now hear that person. 
and they can learn from that person. And that is so remarkable. And it shows up all over the world in everything from like sports to fashion to business to um, like a grandmother, you know, <laughs> it is like some people have that and, and we can all have that. It is a way of being for yourself. And it's just like a constant practice. It's this constant reminder that you're like, I don't know. Even, you know, especially in a job search where you feel like, oh my God, I need identity. I know about product marketing. I know about this. This is the one thing I do know. Everything else, I don't know. But I know that you're like, you want to always be like, I know, because that helps secure identity. But to be able to hold the space to be like, I don't know. I'm always learning. What are you saying? It just enables you to hear. And being able to listen that way is what opens up opportunities because otherwise you're seeing this little thing you're seeing what you're going to look for this person's useless they don't have the connection to the job you want okay what's up what's up with the next person okay maybe they don't have a they're three connections away oh okay and you're like you're missing out they were they were giving you like this company over here that you never thought about they were talking about that they were going to help you learn something that you never knew that was going to take your career path down a different direction and you couldn't hear them because you knew, you know, you know, you have to define it. And that's a hard, that's a practice. It's a hard thing to do. And it's, it's just one of those things that like, it's a daily practice, honestly. It's yeah. still something. I mean, I work on that all the time. <laughs> I love that you said daily practice. Cause that like, I have a, a note in the other room that says, you know, there's nothing to master, just practice. And I keep trying because I'm I'm definitely from the marketing world of just like optimize, optimize. And like, I have to keep reminding myself like, yeah, there's, there's never really an end to this. And eventually whatever you do, do will probably atrophy as you get old. And like, it's, it's just constant, like, you know, up and down with it all. And I think, you know, when you're saying that I, and you said like, we can all do this. And I feel like this brings in the idea of time again, because you know, some folks are later in their career or some folks are like, I need money today. Or some folks are, you know, dealing with a medical issue. Like time almost blinds us or, or time creates the anxiety that almost blinds us. And I'm kind of curious, like, as you see, you know, you've worked in the nonprofit world, you've worked in all these different places. Like, where do you see folks? What, what are maybe, what's maybe a story of someone who really changed? Like you saw the change happen in them. Um, where they went from thinking this other way that was really not enabling them and helping them and giving them autonomy. And they were able to make that journey over time. You know, so there's like one example of one fellow uh, who was in a sales product management process, like on the edge of sales and like tech. And he ended up where he ended up, like this is like six years later, he's now a firefighter. And he is like, loves it. And it's like, and I met him doing nonprofit stuff on the side. So he was like doing the, the product marketing stuff, but like he's really involved in nonprofits. And he thought that the nonprofit route was the way to go, like trying to get a job in nonprofit. And, but then he was also just got really got into personal training. And like, that's what he, that's where his energy was, you know, like that's what he was doing after hours. And, um, and so he kind of like ended up, like really getting into personal training, getting really fit, getting his personal training certification just because it's like, this is the next step. This is like a, becoming a yoga teacher just to learn. And it's like the energy. And I was talking with him. I like had talked to him for like this whole arc and you could see his like eventual discovery of like, Hey, 
I can use this like really, I like being in my body. I like doing this physical thing. And how can I be doing that in my day to day? And it just happened to be me. It, he had met somebody that was like, that was a firefighter that like opened his eyes to like, oh wow, you, there's a job that is, has the same like camaraderie of the personal training gym world, but you're, and you're using your body every day, but then also enables you to like dabble in all these different projects because there's a lot of time as a firefighter, you know, you're on for a few days, you're off for a week. And um, so they, a lot of people have like different trades they do and different pastimes they do and different side hustles. And there's kind of like this, um, it's like a community of people that are really like all help each other. It's just, a, it's a different world, you know? And he didn't know about that world, but it ended up not being the nonprofit world there's elements of that like wanting to help people you know and but it wasn't that and it was a struggle and it was like oh what's not a struggle here oh the working out that's not a struggle oh what's not a struggle? oh it's like all these little pastimes i don't need to like there was a period where it's like i need to get rid of them all i need to focus You're like no i can let that i can i can have the both things and it just ended up being called a firefighter you know <laughs> you know and like you could see this like transformation because it was like you, you, you don't know the direction he's going. Like no, he would wouldn't have been able to tell you five years at the beginning. Like I'm going to be a firefighter in five years. That's where I want to go. But the, he followed the energy, and he did. He made some big jumps that were really hard. Like leaving to like go do like a and go back to school for 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 firefighting and like leaving his job and doing a consulting nonprofit job to like get him through. Like he made some big identity moves that were really hard to do because it really enables you to, you have to let go of who you were to like get into the next thing. And so there was, it wasn't easy and it wasn't just like, wow, you just follow the energy, you get there. But it evolved and the path like showed itself for him in a way that was like, it's just so beautiful, you know? And like, you, when you talk to him now, it's just like, he's so, he just is into it, you know? And you're like, the energy's there in his everyday work. And in a way that's the same as when you meet like a really good entrepreneur or a really good artist or whatever. And it, but it, the work is firefighting. <laughs> that's amazing. Cause there's no, there's no blog that's just like, here's how to become a firefighter over a six year no. period. Like, and like, you should do that if you're like into nonprofit and like have a product tech background, like maybe for personal training, like maybe you'd be, you know, it's not, it's just, you're not going to discover that yeah. unless you start making those moves yourself. That's amazing. And so yeah, one of the things that I think is so fascinating in that story and just generally is this idea of like our identity. Has that ever been a question that you've explored and like, where has that one taken you? Yeah. I mean, I mean, reading 50 ways to get a job, I bet you, it's like a lot about your identity. Yeah. You know? <laughs> There's a, it's a lot about how you see yourself and oftentimes how we see ourselves is like really fixed just by the nature of there's an inertia to how we've told our same story. Like, you know, if somebody asks you, Hey, so tell me about yourself. There's a way you tell yourself, like, yeah. and when did you decide that? You know, and every once in a while you add one more thing on the end, but like, but like way to get there. And there's a million ways to cut the story. <laughs> you know, there's, you could tell, I could tell you my story. Like I started today talking about like my grandparents. I didn't really know where I was going with that, but I was like, I love starting with my grandparents because I was like, Hey, I don't know where it's going to lead, but I feel like I need to say this. <laughs> and like, awesome. it just like ends up being like a different cut of your personal story. And that's about identity and like realizing that you can shift your identity by like working on something as simple as that. Like, let me just tell a different, like you have five little snippets that are going to be the what, what people, Hey, what do you do? 
here's what I do. Here's my five snippets. I worked at a nonprofit and then I worked there. I wrote a book and then I did this. And I'm like, I could tell five, I could tell five relationships I had and like what they taught me. And that's where I ended up. And that's also will answer that question. I could talk about the five like failures I had. I could talk about the five like random projects I didn't get off the ground and the one that I really did. And that would tell a different story about who I was, <laughs> you know, like, it's just like, there's so many different ways of like cutting because our lives are so full. There's so many different ways of picking and re-editing the film, you know? And, and so that is such a fun experiment to do for yourself. Like I, it's like in the book, it's write creative nonfiction about yourself. So yeah, to help you sort one. of break loose, break loose. So the idea is like you make up a few things and then you like work that into your bio. So you're like trying to write a bio with a few made up things and some real things. And all of a sudden you like end up in a different place than than you would have expected, you know, and when and, did you uh, do that exercise? Yeah. What was the fiction you came up with? Yeah, what was I? What was my fiction? I honestly <laughs> years ago. I like I remember having Nova Scotia in there. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, my life looks so differently this way. And like all of a sudden I was thinking about my life in Halifax, Nova Scotia. And like I just remember like I had a different house that like all of a sudden you're like you have these ideas of like the house you want to live in and and all of a sudden there's like a totally different house a totally different like different types of friends like there was music and a different I was like what like my whole life just shifted with the word Nova Scotia like what just happened here like, <laughs> I love that well then there's so many like that's what's fun about doing these exercises is we get out of our own like limiting thoughts and we just get into this fun creative space where again, it goes back to what you said at the beginning, you were working with folks and you just saw that, that opt that like potential, that, that possibility. And like, and that's what we're really what we're trying to bring back to folks and, and, and help them find out. Cause at the end of the day, no one who's working a corporate job is like, yeah, no, I'm going to become a firefighter in five years. Like that makes perfect sense to me. And no one's going to say I'm crazy for doing that. Like, yeah. But that could absolutely be the thing you need to do. <laughs> Otherwise, you know. But you don't even need to make that decision right now. Right. Like that's the whole thing is like you don't need to make that decision right now. That doesn't need to be a big move. You don't need to tell people about it. You don't need to like proclaim, I'm now becoming a fire. You literally just need to like do what you feel called to do right now. And even right. if it starts really small, it grows. <laughs> I love that, man. And, you know, as we get towards the end here, um, you know, we have the book, we have the website, but are there any other things that you'd want to point people to, uh, to find out more about what you're working on? Uh, no, I mean, I feel like that's, those are, those are the key ones. That's the, that's the, that's the thing. The book, right. is, the book is, it's great. It's, it's solid. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time today, man. I know that we met through a very kind of interesting uh way of meeting uh which i think stemmed from your book quite honestly honestly um, i was like i was like what i see it on your like picture i was like that's amazing that's so great <laughs> yeah and just to let people know in the previous episode uh caesar who i just talked to about his recent layoff um gosh a year ago probably um he sent me your book and i met him in like 2014 or 2015 in iceland which is hilarious because I'm not, my identity prior to that was, I'm not a traveler. I don't, tra I don't really uh -huh. care about travel. And then my buddy was like, you should really go on this like crazy trip. And I was like, whatever, fine. I just like impulsively did it out of nowhere. Met this person. Years later, he sends me this book because he knows I'm a career coach. A year after that, I put it into a video. And then a week after that, he tags you. And then suddenly we're talking on this podcast. Like it just... <laughs> 
so funny. <laughs> it's amazing to just let things sort of play out and then look back, like you uh, said. That's for the TED talk later. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. so, it makes sense in reverse. It looks yeah. like a straight line in reverse. And so I really appreciate you taking the time and uh, sharing your thoughts. And again, time is the thing you're most focused on. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll just say, like, I really am grateful for the time that you spent with us. And I know that this was incredibly helpful for those who are listening and going through the search right now. So um, thank you so thank much you. for joining us. Thanks so much for stopping by this episode of the Career Therapy Podcast. It's been a pleasure having you. And if you're curious about what we do here at Career Therapy, head on over to www.careertherapy.com to see all of our coaching options, resources, and links to other things we got going on. If you would like to share your story on this podcast, something that you've gone through, a transition you've experienced in your career, whether it's getting a job after college or going through a layoff or getting back into the workforce after raising your family, we would love to hear from you. Head over to linkedin.com slash in slash Martin McGovern and shoot me a DM. Let me know what's going on and I'd really like to share your story with the world. What we're trying to do here is really normalize the emotional side of the job search because we all go through it. We all have tough times in our careers and sharing these stories really helps people feel less alone and feel more empowered to take their career back into their own hands and make something of it. So thank you again for stopping by. If you'd like to leave a like or a comment, subscribe or share, or leave us a review on iTunes, and I think maybe even Spotify, we'd really appreciate it. Best of luck to you in all of your career endeavors, and I'll see you on the next episode. Cheers.